Welcome back to the Messy Reformation. My name's Jason Rice. I'm the lead pastor at Faith Community CRC in Beaver Dam, Wisconsin. My co-host is Willie Cronkey. He's a member at Pease CRC in Pease, Minnesota. We're just a couple of guys who love the Christian Reformed Church and want to see Reformation happen in our denomination. But we realize that whenever Reformation happens, in the history of the church, things get messy. And after the last couple of synods, nobody's going to disagree that things are really getting messy in the Christian Reformed Church. So we're having conversations with pastors throughout the Christian Reformed Church to find out what's going on in our denomination, but also to talk about what Reformation might look like. If you haven't already, take a moment, click subscribe so you don't miss any of our upcoming content. We're dropping episodes every single Sunday evening. It's also important for you to know that you are our marketing plan. We rely on you to spread the word about what we're doing at the Messy Reformation. We rely on you to share our content. We also rely on you to give us five-star reviews and provide good feedback for our podcast so that the algorithms push our content out into the world. You are our marketing plan. You can also support us financially on Patreon or Substack. All of the money raised is used to fund online hosting and build the platform of the Messy Reformation. You may even see a Messy Reformation conference coming in 2024, so keep your eyes peeled for an announcement. With all that said, we're going to get to this week's episode, which is part two of our conversation with Aaron Gradanis. I want to make sure we recognize there's a division in the CRC, but it's not, I think when people hear division, they think 50-50 split. Um, And we're not even close to that. We have a lot of unity, actually. And then there's a group that are kind of slowly separating themselves from the denomination. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think you know it's a I, yeah I don't there's there's definitely a power struggle um and I, yeah what you know when the denomination is in this whole um abuse of power and uh things are going on and you just feel like um you know you, you feel like you're sometimes that's you know, told to you over and over again. And, and, and then to see something like that happened at Synod, I was, you know, that was to me, I was like, you know, that, you know, when people walked off the floor and said, I'm, you know, I can't, I can't be here because of that. Then I was, that was almost like a, an abuse of power, but I don't know. That's, that's, what I, that's how I kind of, that's how I kind of saw that whole um, thing take place. Was that was kind of an abuse of power? They had the voice, and and then they they could put it on the live stream, and 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 so I don't know. That's kind of what I saw in in witness there, and I don't think it was appropriate, but yeah, but yeah, yeah. And I, I kind of want to move, you know, from even reflecting on what happened to kind of where we're at now and even think about um, some of our thoughts moving, moving forward to our next synod and even, uh, even in the future. And I think 
I think on the one hand, you know, part of the the power struggle that you mentioned, because there is a level of a power struggle, and um, and, and I don't actually think it's as much of one side trying to grasp the for the reins of power and one side, you know, because people think of that, no, but no. there is um we're at a, a turning point in the denomination is what's happening. And and I think I was talking to somebody about this the other day. We were talking about uh different forms of of leadership um that are required. And there's leaders that lead during a time of peace and there's leaders that lead during a time of war to, I know people don't like war analogies, but it's all over in the Bible. So get over it. But anyways, um, and so the CRC has been in a time of peace for a long time, right? Or at least I'm maybe I'll even put peace in, in quotes in a seeming time of peace for a long time. And so we've been looking for leaders to lead in a time of peace. But now we're very clearly no longer in a time of peace as a denomination, which requires a different type of leadership. And uh, and so we have a lot of leaders in the denomination who are equipped and good at leading during a time of peace, but they don't really, they're not really equipped in, or good at leading during a time of war. And so it feels like a power struggle because there's just different styles of leadership coming. And uh, it's not so much a power struggle in a lot of ways, but it's just a, a, a turning of the denomination because we're in a different season, which requires different types of leadership in order to, to move us forward. And so we're feeling that kind of grading in that kind of tension. But, but I think it's fairly clear that the CRC is no longer in a time of peace. And I think we need to start thinking differently that we need to look for leaders who are able to lead um, in a time of of war. Yeah, and I don't, I don't want to be seen as the guy who is saying there's a power struggle. And I think, and that's maybe a bad way to put it or not the greatest uh, description, but I, I think there are people who um, are continuing to point towards scripture and to hold towards the, the scripture that we've always had, right. That, that has been leading us and guiding us. One of those core uh, gifts that the CRC has that uh, holding to scripture, I think. Um, so I, I, I think there's, but, but then when you, like you said, when you have those forces coming in to try to, to change or to, uh, to do those things. Yeah. We're, there's a turning point there where there's a, um, yeah, there's friction, as you would say, may, might say, and and uh, and then yeah, we need leaders who will. There are leaders who work better under that friction in that time of friction. So, and we need those. Yeah, and I'm not even. I, I should make sure I'm clear too. I'm not even saying one leader is better than the other because I think there are mm-hmm. there are leaders who are like wartime leaders, and they're not very good leaders during a time of peace because they're always just trying to mm-hmm. pick a fight with somebody. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all they know is how to fight, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but but different seasons require different forms of leadership, and we're seeing that turn happen in the in the Christian Reformed Church right now, and that's causing some friction 
and, uh, and struggle. And, uh, sure. and yeah, for sure. I think, you know, what are your thoughts, Aaron, kind of looking forward to this next synod as, you know, we just made it through our kind of fall, uh, winter classes meetings. People are going to be having classes meetings kind of firing up again in January, February, you know, overtures I'm sure will be coming through leading up to this next synod and, People are starting to have conversations about if they want to put their name forward to become delegates. You know, everybody's going to start thinking about synod come January. So, like, what 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 are your thoughts? On, like, where do we need to go as a denomination, or how? Maybe I should say, how does this next synod need to go? Um. Well, I think you know, having two synods that, or you know, this synod twenty twenty three have you know kind of continue on holding on to that that understanding um for the church in 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 defining you know the sins and 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 holding to that uh and then yeah i think what happens and then trying to uh, talk about what happens when when you 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 disagree with that. So what what happens? Like you know the committee you were on, Jason, the the um, Graviman committee, or you know talking about that. I think it's that's going to be a, a a pretty big topic. On okay, this is this is as far as God has brought us. You know now, you know what do we have to look for going forward? Where where are we going to have to um, say this far and no farther, or where are we going to have to say where we're going to have to uh, have come along individuals and say, okay, let's let's you know let's do this together. Like you know, if if you have a, a grievance, then let's make sure we're defining things the right way. Let's make sure we're understanding things and um, and what does scripture say and and uh, so, yeah. Or is it to a point where your understanding means that there needs to be, uh, you know, a, a parting of ways? Nobody likes to talk about schism, but or 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 a division. But there, it might come down to a piece where you have to you have to say we 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 have two, you know, different gospels understandings of what god has said and we can't we we can't be together uh on those things and so yeah um so i i think that is that is something that's going to come up and it should come up we should finish what what was kind of had already been the conversation that was in the churches um yeah i really i really kind of felt bad for your committee that you'd done all this work this whole, <laughs> whole, whole week. And then, uh, yeah, we'll just have to put it on hold. Um, so I think that's a big thing. Um, for Synod. Um, yeah. So, but I, I do think that, um, that we just need to keep our eyes on, on on the faithfulness of of um or is being faithful to Christ and to his 
is calling upon us. Yeah. I think, I think we're seeing, um, I mean, there, there's some that are still not, um, I don't know. It's hard to explain it in general. I think everyone sees the schism. It's like, it's there already. Yeah. Right. And, uh, some are trying to ignore it or they're not even trying to downplay it. So even, even better together, right. Um, uh, kind of the movement in the CRC trying to say like, Hey, this isn't that big of a deal. We can just kind of agree to disagree on this. We can work together. Um, you know, recently they've put out this document to churches saying, Hey, sign this and then show up as a church in protest to the decisions that have been made in the CRC. And I'm thinking, well, there's nothing about being better together in that being a church in protest, right? You're just pointing out even further that we're separated, we're divided, we're we're there, we're a schism that we're at, we're broken on this matter, right? And so, um, so even you know, you've got the kind of the all one body type group in the CRC, and they're they've already said we're broken. We're there. There's a division here, but they're still trying to fight to kind of bring us in that direction. But even better together is at the point where they're saying. Um, they're not saying it, but they're acting as if, hey, there's there's a division here. And uh, and so it really seems like those are the two main, uh, I mean, there's a lot coming up, but the two main things, conversations that are going to happen at Synod 2024 is uh, finishing the work of my committee, my committee, but committee eight, yeah. Gervaman. Um, we we got to finish that conversation. We got to come to s- some conclusions about that. And then, uh, and then the conversation around um, discipline slash division. I would say, um, and what's yeah, that and like? and maybe it's time for you know I, I um, it was a long time ago, but I so when when all one body started, you know, talking and sending out emails. I you know I was serving in West Michigan. And I remember coming to my council and saying, you know, presenting this and they're like, well, so they're like, well, put it on the credentials for classes. We want to ask how we, how can we deal with this? And, and, um, and I remember standing in front of classes, Zealand presenting, you know, this, you know, asking, what do we do with this? And the, and the advice at that time, now I'm, it was a while ago, but the advice was go have lunch with them. Right. And so that you can, you know, you can have this relationship. And, um, and in fact, we tried that and it didn't, that they never responded back. Um, <laughs> but I remember then, uh, meeting with a group of pastors. I came with this kind of, uh, rough draft of an overture on gracious separation. And this was a number of years ago <laughs> and, and they were, and these group of pastors, we were all like-minded, but they, they were kind of like, Ooh, put that away. Don't, don't bring that up. Cause you'll be seen as a schismatic and, and you'll be, you know, run out of town. And, and I, I think that was, well, that was probably 2011, 2012. So we're, 10 years, 11 years past that. And now it's, I think it's time to 
have that discussion of, okay, what does it look like to, to say, um, and I know there's some who say, you know, you know, we shouldn't, you know, say blessings to whatever, but I think, I think it's now it's time to say, okay, we need to, we need to start thinking about separating because, because it's, it's, you know, it's faithful. It would be more honest for us to say, we believe this way rather than try to do the, do the protesting thing. Um, So I think that's, I I think it's time to start at least having those discussions. Yeah. I, I would say, and maybe I'm, overly optimistic we'll find out if i'm uh, if i'm right after synod 2024 but i would highly guess that by the end of synod 2024 there will be some approved form of gracious separation because i i just think i think we have to i think it's so glaringly obvious and uh, i know various i mean gracious separation whatever you want to call it um some form of separation, um, some form of division officially happening in our denomination, something along those lines will be approved at this next synod because um, it's just glaringly obvious that we cannot walk hand in hand anymore. And, uh, mm-hmm. and so we have to, and we can't just keep hanging, you know, keep pretending like we're together on this. And uh, as, mm-hmm. You know, Aaron Vriesman's written a, a, a lot of really helpful articles for the Abide Project saying, like, it doesn't work and showing all right. the denominations that tried to do this and just died as a result of it. And so um, I would plead, actually, with those who are trying to hang on and trying to pretend like the division isn't here, I would plead with you to stop because you will just drag the denomination down with you. And you'll right. kill it, and then there'll be nothing left. But if we can come up with some clear way to part ways at this next sure. synod, um, there's a chance that the CRC can remain and uh, be healthy. And and I've told people, I mean, that doesn't mean we have a an easy path forward either. If we lose a lot of churches, there's going to be budget deficits. We know that. Uh, there's going to have to be restructuring, reorganizing. I mean, there's a lot of practical stuff on the backside of it, but we can't let the practical stuff overcome our principle, right? And that's no. that's one yeah. of the things Willie has mentioned repeatedly on this podcast that churches get themselves, just individual churches get themselves in trouble when they focus on pragmatics over principle. And uh, denominations do too. So if we're just trying to hold together because of budgetary reasons, that never drives a ship well. Um, so right. we have to be driven by principle and we'll figure out the pragmatics on the other side of it. Uh, but we have to make the right decisions now. And, uh, yeah. but I feel like we're heading in that direction. And I, I'm, I'm hopeful that by the end of 2024, Synod 2024, we'll have some kind of a decision made on, uh, on how we're going to divide as a denomination. Yeah, and I, I and I don't know. I I think that's true, and that's the place where we get. But I still think you know I'm I'm called to local relationships, local 
discipleship, local um, expounding and and studying of God's word and and doing that. And I think uh, I I still think that um, that's where the value of the CRC lies. Um, yes, we have this denominational structure, but it still lies in the faithful pastors being faithful to their callings, faithful to God's word, faithful to teach and, and disciple on the local level. I think that's, it, I think the value of the CRC comes back to that. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, and I think that's, you know, you're, the the podcast message reformation i think that's where reformation on that level starts first um so it has to right um right. and that's the the challenge in the midst of all of this right i mean we believe and uh, i say this i don't know probably every other podcast but that's okay you know we believe that it's the gospel that ultimately transforms hearts and lives right and that's Hearts and lives that are transformed that end up transforming families, churches, communities, denominations, right? And so if we try to do that the other way around, if we try to transform a denomination, hoping that it'll transform churches, and it doesn't work that way. It always works around the other way. And so we have to uh, we have to make sure we keep our priorities in right order as well. And yet and I don't want to say this as a caution, and yet we still have to be involved in those broader priorities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah That's do. where some of yeah, the struggle has been over the years where yeah. conservatives have said, hey, my calling is to my local church and my flock. And I'm like, amen, absolutely. But you've also covenanted to be involved in your classes. Sure, and your sure. Yeah. Be in, yep. involved with your denomination as well. So we got to hold those in tension, but we got to hold them in proper tension. And, uh, yeah, well, all of those yeah. structures are the church, right? You have the local body, the classes, and the synod. They're all they're all the church, right? And they all they all function in similar ways. Um, where we, you know, at the local body, we hold one another accountable. At classes, we hold one another, and synod is the same way. So you, it's just a different level. Um, so I agree. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I, and because uh, I'm, I think we're we are in agreement. We I just want to make sure that we're seeing that. I also think, and maybe this is just uh, again some of my optimism, um, which is funny because I get accused of being pretty pessimistic. But in general, I'm a pretty optimistic guy. But um, I think that part of the reason why we don't understand the benefits of a denomination is that our denomination has been broken for a really long time. And so if we can get to a place of having a healthy denomination, we would understand more of the broader benefits of being part of a denomination as well. Um, And so a lot of people are like, hey, my church doesn't need the denomination. We're doing fine. We're kind of doing our thing. And I'm like, yes, you need. and, And most people would say we need a denomination for accountability, but that's about it. It's like, well, you do need it for accountability, but there is something when classes are working, when they're functioning well, that we have that kind of community support of one another where we're not like, you know, manufacturing things across, but, but we're just working together. We're heading together on mission and that's a big deal. And we're supporting one another in that. And then it brings it out to the denomination. Um, But we haven't been there for a very long time. 
as a denomination. And uh, even in the midst of our current kind of chaos, our current uh, struggle in the CRC, it's making things aware of how unhealthy a lot of our classes actually are and how they just, our classes aren't even functioning it properly or in good order even. And so how in the world can our denomination function healthy and good order if our classes aren't, right? And guess what? When you get down to the local level, there's a lot of churches that aren't functioning healthy and in good order. So uh, there's a lot of work that needs to be done. So what? So I guess my question on that is, how do we, you know, what does, what is the next step in in getting healthy as a, you know, classes or a synod? I think I think my view is we got we get systems set up that are supposed to do something, but then there's no, like for instance, uh, church visitors, right? I was uh, at a classical level, um, a church visitor. Um, but when, you know, when there's a mandate that says this is what you're supposed to do, and then there's the reality of what actually <laughs> happens. Or doesn't um, happen. Or doesn't happen. Then how do you, I mean, the, that's the the step is to, I think, do some evaluation and say, okay, we have systems here, but they're not doing what they're supposed to do or they're not functioning as they're supposed to. Um, so how do, you know, doing evaluation and doing uh, change takes a lot of time, takes a lot of energy and it takes, it takes a lot of work. Right. Sure. So, um, and I think, I think people just aren't people, maybe pastors because it's, it's, you know, our, quote job but but we need elders faithful elders who will come and do some of that evaluation will come and do some of that accountability saying no we we need the church visitors to come and we need this uh for us and so we can so we can you know have this this good healthy uh classes structure um and and I think some of the classes, you know, the geographical distances, um, that's that becomes a problem too. I, I really think um, I, you know, I served in Zealand that we're all close and we could all gather as much as we wanted uh, to Lake Superior, where you spent thousands of dollars on a classes meeting to get everybody there, yeah. and uh, so you know, relationships and that kind of stuff that, you know, but not saying, you know, that, but still saying we need to do this. I, yeah, I think there's, there's a lot that stands in the way, but we need, we need that, those structures that we have in place to actually do what they're intended to do. And when it doesn't, then we have to evaluate and figure out why and 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 fix the problem yeah so yeah and i don't have all of the answers on on all of this yet either i've been thinking through i do think we need to start re um i i uh when we did a well we i threw together a last minute live podcast in sioux center iowa while my daughter was visiting dort last year and i thought well while we're here i'm gonna throw some ideas out there on um, things we should consider about the future and uh, one of the things that 
um, I mentioned in that talk was um, how, you know, any of the reformations throughout history have re, have come about as an emphasis on uh, the priesthood of believers, right? And helping and, and not, it hasn't been the result of having a stronger bureaucracy, but a stronger support at the lay level. And so I've, I've wondered about like, how do we do that on the local level? But even as a denomination, I've wondered about um, what ways could we restructure things so that there were more resources and even more authority just at the classical level, right? Because I think most people see classes as kind of in, in between between their church and the denomination rather than like classes is where we receive all of our support and encouragement. Right. And then, and then another step up. And so classes seems to be kind of a, yeah, it's not that big of a deal. We show up, we do a meeting, we take off, we go home, we don't think about it, but what if we stopped looking for resources from our denomination and started looking for them as a classes together? Um, and that would bring it one step closer to home. Right. And then mm -hmm. obviously at a local level too. So trying to bring some of that authority and all of that from the denominational level down to the classical level, I think would be a step in the right direction of our classes, uh, rethinking how they operate, rethinking how we support one another and, and function. But I don't, again, that's like the big picture kind of ethereal mm -hmm. kind of an idea. I haven't come up with the exact structures on how to do that yet, but. But I do you think, out you, there. you know, do you, do you think people really, you know, I think we have to put some value into that because people don't, don't value that. They don't, yeah. that's not a, it's not a value to them. Um, those, those things. And, and how do you, how do you really, you know, convince or encourage people that, that that is valuable, right? Yeah. It, it's valuable enough to take, take, some time off from your occupation to, to come to a classes meeting. I don't know about you, but yeah. you know, some of those, sometimes it's so hard to get elders and deacons to, to come to the meeting and they don't see, they don't see that that is being, again, our pastors think it's our job in quotes, but, but the elders and deacons really, you know, we need, we need them to value that work. Um, so I think that's a struggle too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I mean, Aaron, you, you brought up elders and deacons. We have elders and deacons and pastors and lay people who listen to this podcast on a regular basis. And as we're kind of drawing this to a close, you know, as we're looking at things that we've been talking about, what would be some words of encouragement that you would leave them with? Um, even some informative pieces um, or even looking towards the next classes meetings, looking towards synod. Uh, what are some things that you'd leave us with kind of as we close this? I, I, I would in, you know, this is what I've said to, you know, elders and deacons as I've interacted with them personally is um, God has called you to this office. It's, it's not, you know, and yes, maybe you have a calling to a different occupation, but he's called you to this office inside of his church, right? His body. And, and, um, there is, there is value in that and there's purpose in that. And he is, he will equip you. Um, but you can't, it, it's just not something, it's not 
something that you just tack on. I mean, there's, there is a purpose in it. He's, he's, he's committed to that purpose. And so, you know, it's, we have to put forth our, just like pastors put forth their best effort for the glory of God, this audience of one, um, they have to do that too. And, and to take it, take it seriously. Like, um, and I, I guess, um, I would encourage them, to, uh, elders and deacons to, to, um, to not just maybe say, okay, I'll go this time, but to, you know, say, yes, I'm, I, I've been called to this because, you know, the, the, the council has elected me. They, they've put trust in me to be a delegate there. And so I need to, to, to do that to the glory of God. Um, so that's, that's one thing. And then be engaged. Um, it's not, I, I, I don't think, uh, ignorance is bliss, right? So I, I didn't know how this works. Well, you have to ask questions. You have to be engaged. You have to get up and, and, um, use the mic and let your voice be heard. And there are things that you can do and you can say, and, um, that you need to, to be, to engage. It's, uh, classes meetings are not for, for being passive or just letting it come at you. It's not just for in info intake. It's for, uh, it's for deliberating. And, and so it should be seen as that maybe elevate it to, uh, elevate the classes meeting to, to, to that, that part where, yes, you know, your council has delegated you, you're trusting you and, um, and encourage maybe encouragement towards that way. Um, yeah. And I think that's, that's sometimes what it, and, and then on a classes level too, is then it's not just, it's not just a, a business meeting. We also have to have some, some sharing and caring, you know, and, and, and testifying and witnessing to what God is doing in our local churches. And if we just spend it in, in time of, of, of business, then, you know, for some of that, that business can be done over email, <laughs> right? I, so, you know, and you don't want it to be that way, but um, so having purpose, I guess that's my encouragement. That's all we have for this week. If you want to help us out and support the Messy Reformation, another thing you can do is sign up for our newsletter through Substack. That way you'll get episodes and summaries sent directly to your email inbox. It will also give us the opportunity to communicate with our audience, which is one of the biggest struggles of a podcast. So head over to The Messy Reformation on Substack and sign up for our newsletter. Now, stay tuned next week for our conversation with Steve Bussis. But until then, don't forget this is Christ Church, and he bought it with his blood. And we've been warned that wolves will come in trying to destroy the flock. So keep a close watch on your life and on your doctrine. Preach the word in season and out of season, and keep fighting the good fight in this messy reformation. <laughs>